Grace and peace. God bless you. This is Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I'm your host, Delisa Fields. And today we're talking about returning to your first love. Um, this message is particularly geared toward those who are serving in ministry. Um, if you're not currently serving, um, you should still listen uh, because you know, there may be a season in your life where God will call you and you will be um, equipped or prepared when seasons like this um, come your way so you know if you're not currently serving in ministry it's okay you should still um, still listen uh, because um, there's some things that I believe the Holy Spirit is going to share that will um, help you when your time comes and also um, it, I think it will give you an understanding of what those who are called and are serving in leadership you know what what that means for them you know what the responsibilities are and um what the challenges are, so you should still listen in. Um, I'm going to begin reading in John chapter 21. I'm going to read verses 15 through 17. John 21, 15 through 17. And um, this is a discourse between Jesus and Peter. The Bible says, So when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. Verse 16. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verse 17. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. You know that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Now, I believe that I've shared this passage of scripture in a previous podcast. Um, I can't recall which one it was, but it sounds like I've just dealt with this recently. But um, today, I feel like um, there's uh, something that we want to pull out of it to help those who have, um, at one point in time, have committed themselves to the work of ministry, whatever that looks like, whether it's leadership or some type of auxiliary or um, um, the ministry of helps, so whatever that serving um, thing is to you. Um, but, we, you know, we've all had seasons where we have served and then times when we just felt kind of like, you know, uh, maybe, I don't know, fatigued or frustrated or bored or whatever, you know. Um, and I think it's important to be honest about those seasons because they will come you search the scriptures and you will find Jesus included times when they were tired times when they were um you know and tired is different from being weary okay um but you know times when they were exhausted or times when they were um facing some serious um challenges and um so it's, it's human it's natural and it's going to happen and it doesn't have anything to do with how anointed you are you will have seasons where you're going to question yourself. You're going to question God. You're going to question yourself. Why? Why am I doing this? You know, you're going to have those moments. But it's important to be honest. Um, you know, when you when you have those conversations, be honest and tell God how you feel. You know, tell God how you feel um, personally. And there have been many seasons of my life, and I'm sure there'll be many more to come, where I, you know, just went to the, you know, to the Lord in prayer and said, God, I'm just... I'm just feeling, you know, I'm just, you know, going through some things. I'm feeling, um, you know, conflicted. I'm feeling challenged. I'm feeling frustrated. You know, talk to the Lord about those things so that he can heal you. 
right? Confess your faults one to another. Pray you one for another that you may be healed. And so that's in terms of, you know, confiding in a trusted um, uh, colleague, someone in the faith, someone who's on your level or higher than that who can help pull you. Certainly don't want to take a conversation like that to someone who's a babe in, in the faith or someone who's struggling in their own walk, right? Because how can two walk together if they agree? So, you know, you got to be careful what you're agreeing on. Some people talk to them and the next thing you know you're both backsliding you know so um but it's important to um make sure that you when you have conversations like that um certainly go to god in prayer first but if you're going to confide in someone make sure that that's a trusted um colleague someone who um you know who won't pity pat your feelings and who won't you know co-sign your stuff you know you know just be upfront, like Jethro was to Moses, you know like Nathan was to, to David um and like Jesus is here to Peter to pull you to the side and say, hey, there's this a problem, you know, and, and let's talk about this. And no, I'm not going to give you a pass. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy. It's going to be all right. But I'm going to tell you that you're called for this and you can do it, you know. And so that person you know, or that conversation can help um, just kind of stimulate you and, um, you know, provoke you a little bit uh, and put you back in the place where you belong to kind of pull you out of that funk, you know, and just put you back where you need to belong, uh, need where you belong and where you need to be. But also in terms of praying, you know, like I said, there are many times that I've gone to God and prayed and I said, Lord, I'm just, uh, this is a hard season for me. I don't really understand what you want from me and why you want it. You know, we have those conversations and there's absolutely nothing wrong with telling the Lord how you feel. Um, he knows it anyway, but once you confess it, then you're releasing the, the anxiety that you have with that issue and you allow God to minister that thing to you and he'll minister it to you maybe through dreams or maybe through, um, you know, spending time in his word like he often does with me um, or through another vessel. So, you know, you don't want to bottle that thing up. You never want to bottle up frustration or anxiety. You always want to, re want to release it so that God can deal with it, okay? You, want to, you don't ever want to hold it. Um, hostage in your spirit because then that's where the root of bitterness and all these other things works in the flesh start to manifest um, because you're operating from an unwhole, an unhealthy place. So um, it's very important when you are when you are dealing with um, conflicts or crises in your walk, in your faith, in your service, in your fellowship. Be honest. Be honest. And, and let me share this with you: those who are walking with you, who can discern things in the spirit. They know it, whether you share it with them or not. God has already revealed it. So you're not really hiding it, right? You're not really hiding, um, you know, what those conflicted things are. It, it, it's, there's a song that's written all over your face. Sometimes it, it, it will show up, you know, certain spirits, man, they have a strong, they, 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 um, certain spirits manifest in your facial expressions, Anger manifests in your facial expressions. Jealousy manifests. So even though you're thinking you're doing the very, I don't know who this is for, but you're doing the very best you can to mask it, um, there are certain spirits that um, they're going to manifest in your facial expression. And you'll hear a lot of people say, you know, um, you know, I, I, I can't tame my face. You know, <laughs> I have a hard time, you know, taming my face. I just can't. The Bible talks about taming your tongue. But there's some people who just cannot tame their face. I mean, their face, their facial expressions are just going to do what it's going to do. Right. So in order to avoid being offensive to someone or being a stumbling block, um, you know, and getting your own soul in trouble, just be honest. You know, talk to your leader or talk to a trusted colleague. Um, someone who, you know, who 
you can trust, not your BFF, unless they can carry the weight of the relationship, be honest with you, um, you know, even if it means you all not don't speak for a minute. You know, you need to have someone who will check you and say, hey, sis, bro, I love you. You know we down like that, but you need to really get yourself together. You know, God is not playing with you. You've already wasted enough time. You've been dealing with this for a long time. So how about you just get over it, you know, grow up, stand up, speak up, and and, and get up <laughs> in that order. So um, praise God. So anyway, here, this is for... Um, this is for that leader who has um, fallen away from the things of God. Not so much from God, but the things of God. I talked about a podcast, um, I think yesterday. Uh, was it? Um, I can't remember. I have so much going on. Um, but, you know, this is for that leader who um, has fallen away from the things of God. Okay, still love God. And, you know, they haven't backslidden in the faith. Because there's many different types of backslidings, right? That's why the Bible said God will heal you of your backslidings. Many types of backslidings. Um, but, you know, this person has not backslidden in their faith in God. They've backslidden in their assignments. And if you, you know, long, if you backslide in any area long enough, it's going to spill over. You're not going to be able to contain it. Um, so, you know, you want to be mindful of that too. But, you know, this is for that person who has not backslidden so much from God. But they took a backseat from the word. And I know a lot of people who've done that. You, some of you guys may know, too, that they just, you, you you know, check on them or talk to them. And you ask them, well, you know, are you still so-and-so? Well, no, you know, uh, you know, I'm, God's moved, you know, again, God's moved me on. Or God is doing something different. And it's, that's not always the case. Many times they've encountered a hurtful season, didn't know how to deal with it. And they just dropped, dropped the ball, threw in the towel and walked away. Um. So, you know, again, it's honesty. Let me tell you, people of God, um, there is a famine of honest believers. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. We have, as much as God hates a liar, um, we have somehow, you know, intertwined, uh, you know, lying or being deceiving with trying to be a believer. And you, you can't do them. You can't walk both of those lines together. You know, either you're going to be painfully honest or you're going to be a liar, but you can't be both. Okay. Um, and and I, I just had to come out and say that because, you know, many of us have learned the art of manipulation. Um, we've learned the art of, you know, masking things. We've learned the art of trying to fake it. You know, we, we've learned that. And, and we're trying to, again, we're trying to intertwine that with this walk of faith. And you're not going to be able to do that. It'll never work. It will never work. And you will hinder yourself. You will hinder um, seasons of breakthrough. Uh, you will open doors to seasons of captivity because you, God will not move you forward in that. You know, he will not move you forward in that because you're, you're not operating out of a pure stream. You know, you are, even a little bit of deception is deception. There's no percentages and variables in this. Either, either you're you know, walking in the truth you know, Jesus is truth. So either you're walking in truth or you're not, you know, it's just a, there's a fine line there. You can't, you can't, it's not blurred. Um, it's either you're on one side or the other. And so, um, you know, we will have seasons where, uh, we, we just, we just get tired. And instead of saying, you know what the Lord said and God said, and I have a dream and the vision said, but let's just, just be honest and say, you know what? I got discouraged. 
you know, if we could just humble ourselves and just admit where we are, you know what? God called me. I used to do that. I love doing it. Somewhere down the line, I, I got, I, you know, I just got discouraged. Um, you know, I didn't get the support. I didn't get whatever, you know, and I'm just, I just stopped doing it, you know, and, and just, just own it. Just own it. I'm just, I'm not doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing. And let's not blame devils and let's not blame Jezebel and let's not blame generational curses and rejection from the womb and marine spirits and bishop and pastor and apostle and prophet. Let's just own our stuff and say, I got discouraged. Now, whatever contributed to the discouragement, then that's a different conversation. But own where you are. Okay. Own where you are. You know, I'm not doing what God called me to do. I, I stopped doing it. I know he's unhappy. I'm unhappy. I'm miserable. And, you know, I just don't know how to get back into that place. That's real, people of God. That's so real. And listen, well, I feel the presence of God. Ooh, glory. That's a place right there. You know, that, that contrite spirit, that broken heart, God will in no wise cast aside. And God will bring in the healing that you need. God will bring in the restoration that you need. And God will bring in the supply of support that you need. And it may not be a million people. Because we would love that, right? Everybody wants a million people to support you. And I'm just using a million, you know, as a, a hypothetical number. But everybody wants to be supported by the crowds. I mean, that's God made. We are social creatures, right? Everybody wants to be in crowds and supported by crowds. And that's why you have these celebrities, you know, real life celebrities and the church celebrities. They love that attention. And, 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 you know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, can you be satisfied if your crowd support is two people <laughs> or 12 or 11, as in Jesus's case? So you really want to examine what your expectation, what your expectations of a support group looks like because and get healed from it if you have unexpected uh, if you have unrealistic expectations because if that's what you need to get moving in God and you don't have that are you going to let that affect how you move in God you know and I'm just that's just a hypothetical question you can think about it or not um, but you would be amazed at how many people have just given up because I don't have the support you know I don't have the help or nobody whatever and guess what God called you by yourself you know the Lord told the lepers, he said, the Bible said they were healed as it went. You've got to go. And then the support will come. Then the healing will come. It's not going to come first. You know, it's not going to show first and then, okay, step into it. You know, there are things that you're going to have to walk out. The Bible talks about when um, Israel was crossing over to Canaan, but before the crossover was Jordan River. Jordan River, it, it demonstrates um, the crossover. And, um, talks about a crossover and it's always going to be a place of challenge okay I was studying this morning about Elijah and Elisha at the Jordan River um, but also going back to Israel before they cross over into Canaan they had to cross over the Jordan River and you would notice the people could go into the priest went and the priest step into the water and during that time the Jordan River was swelling I mean when you look at it and you really you know examine um, you know what all that means is it was so loud the waters were so it sounded like thunder it sounded like noise it sounded 
like warfare. <laughs> it sounded like a, the sound. It was, the sound was of spiritual warfare uh, because the enemy presented those challenges to them to intimidate them from moving forward. And, you know, and God, knowing God, knowing his people, God knows his people. God said, I'm not going to send the people into that water first. I'm going to send the priests. And so he sent the priests into the water holding up the Ark of the Covenant. They had to bear it up on their shoulders. So there is a bearing. There is a carrying. There is a, a heaviness to any aspect of ministry, especially those of you called the prophetic ministry. Just, honey, just get ready. <laughs> just get ready. Let me tell you. Oh, my goodness. Just get ready. Okay. It's not for the faint of heart. I don't care what you see on your Facebook Live or on YouTube. Real prophetic, authentic, uh, God-called prophetic ministry is not for the faint of heart. Okay, it's not about prophesying candy and cars and houses and wives and husbands. It's 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 so much deeper than that. One day we'll talk about it. Okay, um, but anyway, the priests went in carrying the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, and they had to step into that water, even though the waters were swelling, um, they risked drowning. I mean, they, their lives were in danger, but they obeyed God. And when they stepped in, as soon as they got to the middle this is this is what god did they got to the middle of it and soon as their feet they, their feet had to touch the ground there are places your feet has to touch the you got to make contact you got to make physical foot to floor contact you know um for change to come and um when they got to the middle of the of the river despite all the noise despite all the rising of, of the um, river uh the water ceased and then the people were able to follow over. So, you know, that, that, the word of God is so powerful. But what I'm saying is, you know, there will be challenges when you're crossing over into seasons and things that, you know, you, you have to prepare yourself for it. Okay. Um, and not, don't be so um, dismayed when things like that happen. It happens. Okay. Um, anyway, let's get back to John chapter 21. So Peter had defected and um, Jesus had already told, we know the story, Jesus warned Peter, you know, you before this night is over, you're going to deny me three times. Um, and, and, and Peter could not understand it because we don't know what's in our heart. You know, how many of us said, oh, I never leave you. I never, I never do to them. You know, I remember growing up um, when I'm, I'm oldest of my mother's children. And so I moved out. And one of my younger sisters, I'm the oldest of five on my mom's side, in the middle of 11 on my dad's side. And um, so my mom told me that one of my younger sisters said to her, because um, my mom, just, you know, she and I were really close. And even to the time she departed this life, we were, you know, I mean, just right there in my arms, just a beautiful, beautiful departure. But anyway, um, th they had seen the grief that my mom went through when I moved out and um, moved to Charlotte from South Carolina. And so one of my younger sisters said to my mom, I'll never leave you, you know, because she saw, you know, my mom was just distraught, you know, I was her right hand and all that. And so they were like, you know, I, I'm never going to move out, mom. I'm going to always be here for you. And, and you know, that's kind of the mindset that Peter had. I think some of us have a mindset like that too sometimes that, oh, I, you know, when you see somebody hurting and, and, you know, you're there for them, you know, you're a part of the remnant. And, and, you know, because you don't want them to hurt like that again, especially at your expense, when you've seen what someone else is putting through, you know, you'll move out of your compassion and tell that person, hey, I never do you like that. or I never leave you like that. or I never hurt you or what have you. And, and I really believe you mean that. I really believe we mean that when we say that. Um, but then there's the reality of 
times and seasons of our life that um, sometimes we can't dictate how we're going to respond. And that's why the Bible said the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? You know, God tries the reins of the heart. So we don't really know our heart. And even though my sister, I'm sure at that season of her life, she was young. Um, I can't remember which one said it, but I'm sure they meant it. I'm sure they meant it, you know, in terms of consoling my mom and assuring her that we're going to always be here, what have you. And then, of course, she got older and she moved out too, right? So, you know, that's just the course of human of humanity. We grow up and we move on. But it just goes to show you that when Jesus told Peter, Peter could not understand it. No, Lord, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to die for you. And I'm going to, and you know how we do, you know, even in relationships. I'm always going to be faithful to you. I'll never cheat on you. I never. And then when something happens, something happens. So, you know, you can't really dictate um, how you will respond to life. You know, you can only hope that you would do the right thing. You can only hope and trust that you have enough word in you and you walk in enough integrity that when you're presented with a challenge, you make the right decision. But listen, I'm sure you and I can both testify that, you know, people don't always make the right choices when they're faced with something. I mean, you'd be amazed. Um, And that's another form of hurt all by itself. We won't get into that. But Jesus knew. He told Peter as close as Peter was to Jesus. Jesus told Peter, you are going to deny me, not one, not two, but three times. And you're going to deny me in the most uh, 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 challenging season of my life. When I need you most, when I needed you to stand beside me, when I needed you to execute, you know, your portion of the ministry, when I needed you to be there, you are going to deny me three times. And, and the sign for that is you're going to hear the rooster crow and that's going to that's going to seal the deal that what I told you has come to pass and of course that happened right and so here in John chapter 21 verses 15 through 17 remember we talked about this in the previous podcast how Jesus and Mary Magdalene go tell Peter and the disciples because Peter was not with them so it happens you know a lot of times in the body of Christ we, we, we find ourselves so amused I can't believe so and so I can't believe it honey <laughs> believe it um because it happens it happens to the best of us to the worst of us it happens people they're going to leave you high and dry you know i it's just it's life and and you know as a as a uh, praise god let me move past that but anyway um no i was going to say because i don't want anybody to misconstrue what i way i was going to go what i was going to say was as a student of um human services i study people that's that's my course of study right now is studying people you know human services human service studies so we're stuttering studying stuttering studying populations i study sociology study communities study society study nations and groups of people all types of dynamics and 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 um uh, uh cultures and societies so when you learn that you find that we're not really that different you know so that's what i was going to say when as a student of people a human service study student you're a social worker, whatever you want to name it, you learn people. Okay. And, and so, you know, as, as in not just spiritually observing, but I was also as a professional, I study it. So it's not hard for me to accept and believe that people can do some different things. So I just want to make that plain. I don't want anybody to assume I was going to go somewhere. Let me just make that plain. Um, so uh, Peter had defected, but Jesus knew he had prayed and already had released the word for restoration over his life. And so here we find Jesus now, and I, I mentioned this in that previous podcast, Jesus is dealing with him. He's dealing with him. 
because Peter had abandoned his first love and Jesus knew what he needed Peter to do what the father purposed and destined Peter to do and so Jesus made sure that that same mistake that you made you cannot make that same mistake again and so this is why you find Jesus drilling Peter over and over and there's also something very important to note Peter denied Jesus three times and when you look in this course of scripture you find Jesus asking Peter the same question three times isn't that amazing he fell three times and Jesus gave Peter three different opportunities to make that thing right isn't God a good God isn't he a good God Peter had to go back and think about you know do I really love the people you know, because if I love the people, I, I can't just abandon the work. You know, no matter how hard the the, the, the the warfare is, or no matter how slack or lack the support is, or no matter what they say, or no matter what they do, I can't abandon the work. And that's what this whole message is about. That once you have abandoned your first love, or fallen out of love, uh, fallen away from your first love, that when God brings you back, because he's going to, Okay, when he brings you back, he said, remember where, remember, therefore, where you have fallen. So th- God wants you to remember what, what astonishes me sometimes. And, I, and, you know, hear my heart. Okay, I'm speaking as a leader. I've been doing this for a very long time. I'm also speaking as a professional. A lot of times what we found people do is jump back in position and never acknowledge where they fell in the first place. And guess what? guess what if that thing is not dealt with another opportunity is going to present itself and the tendency and the temptation to fall is going to come right along with it so it's very important even though listen I've fallen I'm not from God but I've backslidden from my works and you know what God will say okay daughter I've given you a break now I need you to get back to it and you know what you have to do you have to go right back and confront what caused you to fall from that thing in the first place not just go back and pick it up no 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 no. there has to be a face-off there has to be a face-off where you are facing the thing that caused you to fall out of it in the first place and so this is what jesus is doing to peter it's not enough for god to say okay get back in position get back in place get back in. it's not that's not just it but there's a process surrounding that to where you're coming back to it. But in your coming back to it, you also need to recognize, realize, and confront the problem or the thing that caused you to fall from it in the first place. Because until you confront it and until you address it, you can go back to the work and things go good for a day or two because you're refreshed and it's all exciting for you to get back into it. Guess what? The problem is still there. It is still there. So this is what Jesus is taking Peter through. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Yes, Lord, feed my lambs. Peter, lovest thou me? Yes, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. So for each time that Peter had fallen, Peter had to confront it as Jesus addressed it. Now, I know some of us, well, you know, I don't, I don't need nobody to, to, to deal with me. I know what I need to do. And I, you know, I, I know what, I, you know, and, and if you know it, fine. <laughs> but you also have to realize that there's an accountability thing here too, that the work that you fell away from affected somebody. It affected the person who called you to the work. Okay. 
notwithstanding God, that's a whole, that's a separate entity. I'm talking about your human relationships. When you fell away from your work, whatever that work was, you affected the person who called, who chose you for the work in the first place. So you affected them. Then you affected if you were working on a team, you affected your team because whatever your portion of that assignment was, when you abandoned it, somebody had to pick it up and do it. So again, it's a threefold thing here. Number one, you need you need to be accountable to the person who chose you. Whoever said, hey, you know what? I need you to serve on this department. I need you to be the head of this thing. I need you to do this. Or, yeah, you you you, you got to confront that. You know, you got to confront, you know, what happened in that, that responsibility, that agreement that you made, that you said, yes, sir, ma'am, pastor, bishop, prophet, apostle. Yes, I will, I will. I will lead the Sunday school choir. I mean, the the children's choir, right? I will lead the children's choir. So then, you know, the pastor, I'm just saying, puts you in charge of the choir, all right? You got your musicians you're working with. Because I just want to put some perspective on this for you, okay? You've got the, you got the pastor who's got you in charge of the choir. And he's announcing to the church, bring your children out of choir rehearsal, choir rehearsal, choir rehearsal, <laughs> you know, Saturday at three o'clock, choir rehearsal, right? So you, you've got the pastor now because he's got somebody over the choir. So he's now making that ministry available to the young people. Then you have the musicians and you have maybe your other section leaders, you know, your alto person, your, your tenor person, your bass person, your soprano person, you know, you got them all in position. Maybe you have your other director, your choir, whatever, you know, whatever that choir staff is, the treasurer of the choir, the secretary of the choir, we had all that coming up, we had, <laughs> anyway, um, so you got the pastor that you're accountable to, that you, you told I would do it, then you got your, your choir staff, the chorus staff, musicians and directors and team leaders, section leaders, what have you, and then you've got the choir members, and if we go a little bit further, their parents and their families and friends who come to church on third Sunday to see the choir perform. Now, if I, I hope I painted a real beautiful, broad picture for you. So now you defect on it. You know, I'm going through something. My bills ain't paid. My husband acting funny. My kids, my wife, whatever, whatever your personal thing is, and you fall away from it. Then fall away from God. You're still a believer. You're still speaking tongues, but you sat down. You know, or you stop coming, or you stop calling, whatever. Guess what? We, and, and listen, and you, the Lord would never let you feel comfortable with that thing. Every time you see somebody get up and saying, you know, <laughs> I feel some young spirit pulling to. Every time you, you know, I'm supposed to be doing that. I should have did that. I so and so and so. Or here come the little little kids. Uh, uh, sis, brother, when are we gonna have choir rehearsal? When are we gonna have? You see what I'm saying? So that that guilt, condemnation is gonna set in because the enemy is gonna take it. Listen, he's gonna have a have a happy day <laughs> off of you, like the enemy did with with with, with um Peter. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But he he had a he had a picnic off of this thing with Peter. He was like, "Oh man, you're supposed to be the right hand man. You're supposed to be the one with the revelation." Jesus said, "You are the rock." Can you imagine what Peter's condemnation looked like? Can you imagine what that looked like? Remember what the people said? Aren't you one of them? You speak like one of them. Peter was like, "No, no, no, that ain't me." So everybody recognized him because remember, Peter was the mouthy one. You know, Peter was so you know you. <laughs> He he was the one that would, you know, every, listen, before you seen Jesus, you saw Peter. Now, all of a sudden, you see the disciples, Peter, Jesus is gone, and you, you and Peter is somewhere else. And we're going to deal with that somewhere else in just a few minutes. I pray I don't forget. So, there's an issue of accountability. 
when God calls you back, it's not just you getting up announcing, well, you know what? It's time for power rehearsal again. So come on, y'all. Come on out Saturday. No, 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 no. You, you have to follow order and you got to do things decently order. Go back to the pastor. Pastor, I just, I want to come to you. I want to apologize that I dropped the ball. I was going through a season of discouragement. My job was giving me hardship or, or whatever, you know, whatever. But just being honest, being honest, being honest. You know, I just, I, I gave up and I know I, I, I disappointed you. I embarrassed, you know, the ministry and, and I'm just asking, you know, if it's okay, if I can, if I can step back in and, and finish my course. We know how God feels about finishing things. So that's the pastor. Now you got to meet with your, 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 uh, your music team. You got to meet with the choir directors. You got to meet with your, your treasurer, your secretary, your not. Listen, that's only if you want to do things right. Now you can just jump in and act like nothing happened. And everybody's looking at you side-eyed. And then here we come up with church hurt. You understand? So can I just say this? Because listen, everybody's been church hurt, including the leaders. But let me just say something. A lot of what we say church hurt, some of it, not always the case. Some of us, some of it we caused, right? We we, we spilled the kerosene, lit the fire, and then, you know, blamed the devil for the house burning down. But we did it. Some of that stuff we did. Somebody rebuked us. For, for whatever or, or somebody put us in our place and now we're mad you know somebody said hey sit down you're prophesying in your flesh or you're singing out the flesh or you know you you know you being deceitful and 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 they deal with you like how jesus is dealing with peter and then we're mad oh they you know church people church people and again i get it i've been church since i was eight years old i, I totally get it i understand church politics the whole nine yards trust me but then also like i said we have to be honest and admit where we came short to Okay, there are some things that we did. We didn't respond the right way. We didn't pray about it first. We didn't go to the right person. We gathered a clique among ourselves, people that would agree with our mess. You know, um, like the, like the soldiers did. All the broken, weary soldiers went to David. People, listen, listen. Weak people know who to go to. I'm just gonna say it. Weak people know who to flock to. They're not gonna go to someone strong because they already know. First of all, don't come. Listen, come straight. There's certain phone calls I don't get because number one. You know, before you tell me what so-and-so did, what did you do? How did you respond? Did you see God on it? What is the Holy Ghost saying? How? Let's talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Let's talk about what's happening in the flesh. You know, before we jump and, 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 and beat somebody else down, let's let's talk about you. Let's talk about the way you responded to that. Or let's talk about what how what role you played in it. And then if we see that there's error or mistreatment, then yeah, then we're going to we'll take it to the next level. Okay? So there's certain conversations and phone calls I don't get. Because I'm not just going to take a one-sided conversation and judge it just on the merits of that one-sided conversation. The Bible said, you know, uh, come, let us reason together. Let us hear the whole conclusion of the matter. So that's what wisdom, those two, it was two women that came to Solomon. Both of them had, you know, were uh, promiscuous women. They both had sons. One woman rolled over on her son at night, smothered, suffocated him, killed him. Hid the baby, grabbed the other woman's child. And the the next morning, you know, they're fussing and fighting about whose child it is. So they go to King Solomon, and Solomon, he couldn't tell. Both of the women crying and carrying on. Both of them are claiming this child. And so he said, you know what? Cut the baby in half. And so then the real mother said, you know what? Just let the other woman have it because she cried out of compassion. So in leadership, you got to have wisdom. you got to know who's bringing you some, listen, who's bringing you some junk. you, you got to know people by the spirit. Some folk will start a fire and hide the match and then want you to, you know, come on now. So you see what I'm saying? So anyway, you as a choir director, 
<laughs> and uh and listen if, you, if one of you are quiet right that's gone through this right here you know the holy ghost has jacked you up in love okay just say ouch god yes father in jesus name i will obey but so you, you deal with your team hey y'all I, you know listen can we meet after church can we talk and i just want to apologize because you know i let you all down i whatever 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 okay and make up leave your gift at the altar make up walk in peace with people and then you need to call your meeting and deal with your choir members hey guys i know you all been looking forward to singing on third sundays and and choir director was going through something i was manifesting or i was dealing with a rough season and didn't really know how to handle y'all and my stuff so i backed away and dropped everything but i'm sorry if you're willing to accept me as your choir director again i promise you you know i'll do better i'm not gonna promise you i'll you know that everything's gonna be hunky-dory but i'll do better okay and, and do you see how that works and, and you know in a in, in in a positive setting they will embrace you most people will if you're honest most people will embrace you if you're honest you know they may still talk about you a little bit but they will embrace you and you know people will respect an honest man but don't come lying and stuff and you know i just i just um you know i was hurt because of what y'all did no 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 be honest i was feeling some kind of way i'm dealing with something and i took it out on you guys and it was unfair it was wrong y'all did nothing wrong so i tell you what let's start again let's start over and let's go to the next level and let god get some glory out of that so let me finish up with peter here so jesus is saying to peter three times jesus confronted peter on each third on each occasion of his betrayal and he made him understand if you say you love me right love is an action word don't tell me you love me do you love me yes then prove your love prove it how do you prove it feeding my lambs feed my sheep feed my sheep so now as i close here i want to point out something that um oh god just really blessed me verse going back to verse 15 john chapter 21 verse 15 so when they dined and pay attention to that because the scripture doesn't put anything in it for nothing they had just finished dinner well what did they have for dinner fish okay when they had finished dinner jesus turned his attention to simon peter now i'm about to put flesh on the bones here jesus turned his attention to peter and the very first question jesus asked peter not lovest thou me that's what he asked him the second and third time but the very first the most pressing thing y'all know the the um the um word the um jesus the um saying uh there's an elephant in the room well even over the course of dinner there was an elephant a white elephant in the room and jesus confronted it he confronted he dealt with it he turned aside and he said peter do you love me more than these now what is the these that peter's talking that jesus is talking about he's talking about the fish remember they just finished dinner so jesus says love us thou me more than eat you love me more than fish why would jesus ask peter that the reason why jesus asked peter that is because peter was a fisherman from the very beginning when jesus called peter peter was a fisherman and peter was a very um successful fisherman 
And we know he was successful because when Peter, on one occasion, when Peter went out to catch fish and he had done, he was depressed. So, you know, it's one thing to, to, to have a business and you don't really do well. So if you don't mean to make a whole lot of sales, it's not really, you know, anything out of the ordinary. You know, you come home from work, you made any money, no, okay, we'll sit down and have something to eat, right? But this is different. This was Peter's livelihood. And, you know, Peter was very good at what he did. And so Peter had his own boat. I mean, he had his own business. And so when Peter defected, when he walked away from Jesus, when he abandoned the work, what did Peter do? Remember we talked about, a, you know, abandoning, uh, returning to your first love. What did Peter do? He went back to the thing that God called him from in the beginning. Jesus called him. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So Jesus called Peter away from his fishing business as it were. He said to him, in essence, I've got greater work for you to do. Don't worry about finances and provisions. The kingdom will take care of you. As you minister to the minister to their spiritual needs, we'll take care of physical needs. But right now, you, you, you need it. Your work is greater than you in the middle of the sea with a net down. I know you make a lot of money. You, you get a lot of nice things and you have nice vacations. nice. But this work right here, you are the rock, Peter. You, you carry revelation. So from now on, you know, I, I have separated you from your secular career it's greater work for you to do now this is not for everybody you hear some people say I'm in full time ministry make sure that you heard God say that okay and I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to go any further <laughs> just make sure you heard God say that and that's all I'm going to say um, so Jesus calls Peter away from, from his secular career and calls him into the ministry and uh but once Jesus, excuse me, once Peter defected, once Peter abandoned the work, dropped the, 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 the mantle, he went right back to the thing God called him from. And that's what happens when we, we, we drop our assignments, like Mephibosheth's uh, uh, nurse dropped him. That's what we do. We drop the assignment. And then, you know, we go right back to what's familiar. We go right back to what, listen, to what worked in our own human strength. Peter didn't have to pray for fish to come. He didn't have to fast for fish to come. Peter knew how to get out there and make that money, honey. You know, Peter knew how to get out there and make it happen. And 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 that's where many people have have fallen prey, fallen victim right there. Is when things in ministry don't work out, they go right back to what used to make them, you know, what gave them that success or what gave them that, you know, I don't know. Uh, gave them purpose or gave them fulfillment all right now jesus called peter into full-time ministry so the ministry had the ability to provide for him and his family let me say that again when jesus calls called peter into full-time ministry the ministry had the ability to provide for peter and his family and so when you hear people say god's called me into full-time ministry then if God's called you into full-time ministry, then the ministry he's called you into has the capacity to provide for you in the absence of you manipulating people, merchandising the people, turning the tables into money exchangers. I mean, every service, every sermon, you got a book, you got a tape, you got a CD, you got a dance, a jingle and a song, <laughs> you know, that you're pushing out of people's throat. Am I, there's nothing wrong with selling your books. I, I'm, that's 
hear my heart. I'm saying when you turn ministry into merchandise, where everything you do, you can't prophesy or pray or lay hands without hashtag cash app or hashtag PayPal. You understand what I'm saying? When God has called you to full-time ministry, the ministry has, God will put it into people's hearts to give. It's nothing you got to beg and coerce and manipulate and dance and, and twirl and, and do a, a back uh, uh, flip to get them to do it. God will put, he if, the, if he's called you to full-time ministry, the support is there. When God called Elijah to the brook Cherith, the support was there. When he said, go down to the widow, the support was there. So this is where you find a lot of people um, who said God said full-time ministry and then, you know, they're frustrated and they're mad because they don't see the resources or the provisions that they thought were there. And, and you know, and it's frustrating. Now you're mad at the people because they can't give you what you wanted. And that's all. And, you know, your messages and now I'm beating people up and, and, you know, it's just it's a mess. So when God is calling you to full-time ministry, the ministry will uh, will have the capacity to sustain you. But there are many of us. There was a season when God called me to full-time ministry. And the ministry was able to sustain me. And then there was a time when God said, okay, now I'm, you know, I'm sending you into, I need you, I need you in the workplace. And the marketplace. And the church place. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You're talking about a finished assignment. He didn't, listen, he didn't, t- I couldn't finish an assignment. I had to take on other assignments. So I didn't stop one thing and say, well, I'm shutting the church down so I can go to work. no. Everything's still going by the grace of God. Amen. So, you know, you there's a difference there. And that's what happened with Peter. Peter abandoned the ministry and went back to his secular thing. When the ministry had the capacity to provide for him because he was needed full time there. This was in and, 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 and my God on the day of Pentecost, which all of this, John fifteen, uh, uh John twenty one, fifteen through seventeen, is all preparing Peter for Acts chapter two. That's what this was for. Jesus was preparing Peter for Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost had fully come. When the 120 were in the upper room praying. And on that day, it was Peter's time. And so this is what, listen to me carefully. This is what Jesus is saying to Peter. You return to fishing when I have thousands of souls in the next season of your life that that I need you to feed. I've got sheep that you're feeding, you know, I'm... I've got sheep, I've got lambs, I've got babes in Christ, I've got baby apostles, baby bishops, I need you to raise up. And you out here on a boat in the middle of the water, really? <laughs> you on the Sea of Galilee, Peter? And I need you, I need you on your knees, I need you and I need your face up against the wall. You know, I Peter, do you, you love me more than this? Yes, Lord, I love you. Well, feed my lambs then. This is not a season for fishing. He said, I told you I would make you fishers and men. Why are you still back out there in the waters? Okay, so this it is it, talking about returning, um, you know, returning to what's how do I want to say, it? returning to your first love after you've abandoned it, and so that's what Jesus was doing. He dealt very firmly with him because he said, "Look, there are thousands of souls that are at stake, and Peter, as long as you stay on the waters fishing, these souls are going to be required at your hand. They're going to be required at your hands because you're the set person to be in place." for them. Choir director, you're the set person to be in place for that little boy who sings tenor when, you know, he needs that fellowship of the choir. That's what's keeping him 
in the house of God. He can't really connect with the word, but the fellowship of the choir is really what's keeping him. And, and, and you, you drop the choir because you can't pay your bills. People of God. But this is so much bigger than us. This is so much bigger than us. So Peter returned to full-time fishing. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Do you love me more than fish? Then if so, I need you to feed my lambs. Do you love me, Peter? Yes. Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Yes. And it started to grieve Peter because he, the understanding came. Remember, Peter was a man who carried revelation. He understood, okay, Lord, you know I love you. You know, Lord, you know. You know everything. So now, disclaimer, I'm not saying don't work. That is not what I'm saying. Because, listen, I have a full-time job, and I'm still doing full-time ministry by the grace of God. And, you know, running my company by the grace of God. Okay, and it takes an anointing for time management to do that. Everybody can't do that. That's just, you know, and trust me, there are days I'm like, really, God? <laughs> you know, can a sister get a break? You know, but to whom much is given, much is required. And God will ordain seasons of peace and rest. And I do have wisdom to know when I'm not talking to nobody today. I'm not on Facebook today because I need to maintain sanity. So somebody else will pray for you. Somebody else will prophesy. And somebody else will preach to you. Today, Delisa is going to sit home and do nothing. And I'm not going to apologize for that because I have to live for my family and for myself. So you've got to know that. Um, but in, in, in this case, when God has called you to, um, to a work, whatever that work is in ministry, understand, my friends, that seasons of conflict, they'll come. There'll be times when you just don't want to do it. You're tired, you're frustrated, you're whatever. It's going to come. But, you know, take those things to the Lord in prayer. Talk to your leaders or to whoever you're sharing that ministry with and say, you know what, I, I need to take a break or I need some strength or I need support or whatever. But you cannot abandon the work. And that's what we're talking about here in John 21, 15 through 17. You cannot abandon the work. you got to return to your first love. Okay? And when you do that, you need to be prepared to confront what caused you to fall in the first place. Don't just step back up and, 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 and have selective amnesia that, oh, you know, you, you don't remember who you, you have offended on your way down, on your way out. You don't remember whose lives were impacted, were looking up to you. And, and, you know, can you imagine how the disciples felt about Peter? Peter was kind of the spokesperson. Peter walked on the water. You know, Peter saw so many great things. Peter saw the transfiguration. And man, you, uh, man, if I had time, I'd go deeper in, the, in that. How there are some of you, and I'm, can I just say, I'm just going to listen and hear my heart and know that I love you in Jesus Christ, okay? But hear my heart when I say this, and I say this to you in love. But do you know some of you have hurt people that you have never even, they, they've never told you how much you hurt them because they looked up to you as a source of strength. And I know Jesus is our everything. I get it. But Jesus used you as, a, as, as, a, as an ambassador. Jesus used you to represent his love to them. He used you to represent his mercy, his compassion. And you allowed something personal to, to, to alter that person's perception of God. Now, you know, it's hard for people even to come back into the things of God because, you know, I used to have this prayer warrior. I used to have this song. And now she backs it and he backs it. And now I just don't trust nobody. Some of us have to really own up to that. Some of us have to own up to we are part of the reasons why some people will never step foot back into things of God. Some people will never pick up their mantle. Some people will never fulfill their ministry vocation or, or use their skill set because of us. 
and we've gone on, God is moving me, God's doing it. No, be honest. Be honest. Because God doesn't step over an spilled milk. God deals, God cleans up there behind, listen, God cleans up behind himself. When Adam and Eve fell and transgressed, God said, hold up, I got an idea, uh, I got a plan, and he made uh, what ram skin or lamb uh, skin and covered them up because they had a fig leaf and it was it was insufficient. My God, oh Jesus, insufficient covering. I heard you, Father. My God, hold on, y'all, give me a minute. Jesus, they found their own covering and it was insufficient, and they stitched fig leaves together. Wow. Pardon me on that one. That that was just the Lord just spoke to me about something. But anyway, um, God made. Ram, I can't remember now what it was, but some ram skin or something for them to cover themselves because the covering that they found was insufficient. Jesus. Um, anyway, uh, realize that there are people who were impacted by your fall, whatever that fall was. Um, there were people impacted by your backsliding. You have to make that right. You know, you have to, you have to fix that. Um, you know, by whatever means necessary, make that thing right. Um, in terms of Peter returning to full-time business ministry, excuse me, full-time um, fishing. I'm sorry, I'm so messing about the fig leaf. My God, um, you know, Peter turned. He 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 betrayed Jesus three times, and you know, he felt like he lost his purpose. He lost his way, and so he went back to what was comfortable and convenient and listen, and that didn't challenge him because when you're in seasons like that, you don't want anybody to challenge you. You don't want anybody asking questions. You don't want, you don't want that. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He said, you tried to escape. You tried to avoid. You don't want nobody to deal with you about your stuff. You try to go back to, to the fish. You know, listen, the fish not going to have conversation with you. They're not going to expect nothing from you. So you run to something that, that doesn't even know the totality of who you are. They, they don't even know. But Jesus said, oh, but I know. <laughs> I know. And you will run from me. If we're sitting at this dinner table and I want you to look me in my face and you, you answer me. Do you love me more than this? Come on, somebody. Do you love me more than that? You love me more than that money. You love me more than that. That, that, that whatever that thing. Do you love me more than that? Well, if so, prove it then. Prove it. When the Lord uh, redirected me and, and sent me back, and, into the, and God knows it's an apostolic assignment all the day long, um, there was never a question that I would abandon my ministry work. That, was, that wasn't even an option. That wasn't even on the table. Okay? And, and so, no, you don't take on one thing and drop the other thing. You know, unless it's a finished work, unless it's a period behind it. There's no, there's no periods behind my ministry at all. I don't see a period for years and years and years. So what that meant was when I take on this secular assignment, that secular assignment has to work around my spiritual assignment. It has to be Monday through Friday. It has to give me hours to where I'm available to my people. Otherwise, it ain't God. I, I'm just saying whatever listen whatever secular thing that 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 is, is coming to you it cannot overpower the spiritual thing that god has given you you think god's gonna take back seat you think god's gonna say oh yeah i'll wait till you come back from wherever I, i'll wait the people are waiting no no ma'am no sir i put in over 200 applications and I waited until I knew this was what God was doing. Because when you're called and when you are a servant, especially a senior servant, 
you just can't take it. You can't just accept anything, especially if it's going to affect your ability to work in the kingdom. So when my position came open and in the interview, I asked questions that I needed to ask. And I said, okay, God, I can do this and not uh, 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 diminish my role as a senior pastor. It will not affect it. Not one iota, not one moment, not one second. And it works. Okay. So, but Peter, he just abandoned it and went straight out there to, you know, you know, he went out there to go to make it happen. So that's just my thoughts on the subject. Again, disclaimer, I'm not saying you can't work or you can't have that many bivocational pastors and people of God. And listen, in this day and time, I encourage you to have something on your own coming in. You know what I'm saying? My God, because everybody's not hearing God. You know, everybody's not responding to the Lord like they should in their giving. All right. So, yeah, you do. If you want to have lights and stuff on and you want a car to drive, you, you, you know, it might be wise, you know, for you to seek out some other forms of, of, of income. But even in that, that should never, ever take precedence over who you are in the kingdom and your assignment. And that was the first question, uh, first area that Jesus addressed Peter was you love your work out there than more than you love your kingdom work. And that's a problem. I have thousands of souls. You're going to be the chief apostle to the Jews. You're going to help raise churches all across the region. And you mean to tell me you out here on a boat fishing? There's no comparison. Especially when the provisions have been made. Come on, y'all. So I'm going to leave you with those thoughts came, coming out of John chapter 21. 15 through 17 we talked about um, returning to your first love I hope that's what I said Um, uh, returning to your first love after you've fallen from your first love Um, so just food for thought Um, we talked about Jesus and Peter and looked at some different other examples gave you some of my own personal things um, so that you understand how practical the word is um, that it can happen you can do it you can work the word and the word can work you and it can work together be a beautiful beautiful thing um but you know we have to do it god's way okay so we love you in jesus and we pray that we've said something to um cause you to think uh you know maybe those of you who have abandoned your works and you know maybe you just didn't even think about the 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 consequences you know you didn't think about the people that were working along with you and how you know you made them feel and how you your decisions may have impacted what they were doing, you know, think about that, it, you know, and, and, and have more, um, you know, think, think about others when you make decisions, you know, um, especially when you are a person of influence. Now, if it's just you, you and your crew, then, you know, that's a different story. But when you are the kind of person that, um, when you're a leader, put it like that, and people are depending on you, looking up to you, God set you in place to be, uh, influential, then you have to be very um, discerning about movements. You just can't pick up and go and do what you want to do. You know, your marriage has to be uh, kingdom structured. And, and I'm not saying, you know, the person got to be in ministry like you. I'm saying it's got to be kingdom structured to where it's not going to take you away from the work or that you understand how to, how to balance the both. Okay, so when you are a person of influence, to whatever, to a lesser or greater degree, everything about your life has to be kingdom structure. 
Seek ye first the kingdom. Then everything else falls behind that. Your marriage, your career, your education, your community involvement, everything has to align itself with the kingdom of God. If you want God's blessing on your life, there's no other way around. That's the way God designed it. Nobody's going to change it. It'll never change. Jesus couldn't change it. Jesus let the cup pass. God was, the Lord didn't even respond. So there's some prayers we pray and then, well, you know, we wonder why we don't get a response because it's an unrespondable kind of prayer. God is, he's already spoken concerning that. You just, you try to fight it and try to bend his will and it will never work. You will never win. You will never win trying to get God to bend his word and his will to suit what you want. It will never happen, my friends. Never. Either you bend and, and conform, you know, to that word or, you know, you and the word are going to be on opposite ends, you know, and then let me know how that works. Because <laughs> the way of a transgress is hard. So, um, amen. Just be encouraged, people of God, and, and run this race with with patience, amen. And 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 you know, just you know, walk softly. You know, tune your ear so you can hear God for real, for real. Get into this word. Listen. Get into this word. Get into this word. Get into this word. And 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 let God direct your path so that you can live a fruitful life. You know, not just living life, but living a fruitful life to where your fruit remains, where it's a life in abundance. You, you, you are such a blessing to the kingdom that God has no other choice but to deliver you and heal you and, and bring you out because you're so valuable. You are a valuable asset to the kingdom. Jesus, David said he, the Holy One will not suffer corruption. There are areas in your life that will never suffer corruption because of your worth. Because of what you what you mean in the in the in the in the uh, body of Christ, what you mean to the kingdom. The Bible I was studying Dorcas last week. I was going to actually talk about her to y'all too. Um, and I'm saying this, and I'm going to go for real. But with Dorcas, man, her life was so valuable. She she encouraged so many people. She don't you want to be like that? Don't you want to be the kind of person that when you come around, people are smiling and people are happy. You know, even if they manifest after you're gone. You know, I mean. It's, <laughs> but you know you you just want to have that kind of persona you want to have that kind of aura about yourself to where you are a blessing that's what God told Abraham I'm going to make you a blessing not I'm going to bless you you the people who married you is blessed because of you your children are blessed because of you that's Proverbs 31 woman you are a blessing you, you being a member of that church is a blessing you being a pastor of that church is a blessing when you speak, people are blessed. When you walk in the room, people are blessed. Just because of your presence, because you carry the favor of God. It's possible. But you have to do it God's way. You have to abandon your own ways. The Bible said, I think Hosea or Amos said, amend your ways. You got to change some of your stuff. And it, praise God. We love you in Jesus. We're going to let you go. And uh, we'll come back at the next point in time. Grace and peace.